Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Warzone listeners, my name is Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons and sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks be- being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine, or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know like I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone D people's dynasty podcast and the boys are back together again you know my co-host he is the man of the hour and the man with the power gerald sinclair what's up buddy nothing i am enjoying my time watching matthew stafford in a playoff game something i have not seen very often uh are we going to talk about the shirt you're wearing though randall oh we can uh so for those that are new to the show first of all thank you for sticking around. If you're watching on YouTube, if you would, leave us a comment below. What kind of off-season content do you want to see? But if you're watching on YouTube or live on Twitter on Monday night, I am wearing a Money Manziel t-shirt. That's right, Johnny Manziel t-shirt. I bought this years ago during all the rookie hype. I went to grab another shirt for the podcast you know, you get out of the shower, get done working out. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You get done, you, you, you head downstairs. I'm getting everything ready. Just got the studio painted today. Looks great. Looking uh, thank, thank you, insurance company. And I looked at my shirt and it said money, and I was like, ah, ah shit. Money? But you know what? This is going to be a money podcast, so I think it's fitting. This show is going to be all about our dynasty misses, Jerry, and uh, no one owns it like we own it. Yeah, uh, I, I've made my entire mantra about my misses. So it's something I do not shy away from. It's something to learn from every single time. So you've got to just take the brick to the face and just move on. A firm brick to the face. I will tell you that I have recorded. Now it's not a live stream because I'm just going to upload it. So why you got to be subscribed over at YouTube dynasty Warzone uh, YouTube channel subscribe. I've got my first, I'm calling it 10 ish minutes on rookies with Memphis. I don't know if that's the catchiest title in the world, but it's the title I have for right now, Jerry. That's good enough. I mean, it's what it is. It's 10 minutes. It's talking rookies, and it's with me, Memphis. So I, I think I think that's a not good a thing. Lie. It's not a lie. I'm talking quarterbacks. Fascinating quarterback class. So if you want that video and you're listening to this podcast in its normal Wednesday slot, go to YouTube. That's the only place you're going to find it. I'm not putting it on anything else. And speaking of rookies, on Monday on this very podcast channel, our boy Dallas, uh, another edition of the Rookie Rundown. He's wrapping up the 2021 class. He's two episodes in. He's fired up. Can't wait for guest season to be upon us. And uh, I'm, I'm fired up, man. Just a ton of big things going on. And then we have another new show, Jerry. It's off season, though, but it's new shows. Okay. What do we got? What do we got? Let, Dynasty let War Games. War Games. Uh-huh. So our boys, Jesse, Chad, and Mike, former patrons, uh, so awesome guys, 
they are doing a show around a very so you you you're old enough to remember game shows. Maybe you've seen the game show network. Yeah, I have. You ever heard of the match game? I have. So on the podcast, they are doing a match game edition of rookies, and they're trying to match them with the appropriate landing spot. So an hour and 16 minutes of goodness. Check out the guys. They're uh, getting their feet wet, and they're growing as podcasters. Really excited for them. You'll always have us on Wednesday. We're almost four years in a row, Gerald. That's outrageous. It's egregious. It's erroneous. It's all the us's. <laughs> Superstition. I mean, you just if it ends in O-U-S, we're, we're probably something along those lines. Uh, Kyle's still doing the FF SmackDown. And Tyler and Lou doing DFS, even playoff edition. So a lot going on, even though the season's over, everything is cooking big time at the DWZ. Now, Jerry, it is time for everyone's favorite segment. Are you ready? Yeah. What is it, Jerry? What's everybody's favorite segment? Good people, bad tweets, man. I, I'm excited. I got I got to see what we got here because I didn't know we were doing it today. You've been It is It is kind of misleading. It is good people. It is bad tweets, but it's it's really more of a take. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of time. It was my birthday this past weekend, so I wasn't yep. on Twitter a lot. I was mostly talking about gambling as the, the playoffs did well this weekend. Went seven and one on props, shared a lot of those with our patrons over at patreon.com. But you you know what I'm seeing a lot of? We just talked about it, Jerry Rookies. Yeah. So I would like to offer a piece of advice to the good listeners. So this is going to take the place. So every year, there's four or five guys that just the, the the steam starts coming on and these guys never lose value. Uh, can, can you think of any rookies that, that, that will meet that criteria in 2022? I, I've already got a couple lined up in my head. Well, if you got, if you got them, get fire away. Uh, my You're first old wise man. I mean, you I, just, I, I'm just trying. You just I'm telling you, Trey Burks, so that's great. Uh, Fifty-five, my ball sack, <laughs> my, my sack, my sack of Julia, Jerry. No, I mean, you know, if I don't, if I have, you know, I'm. You just got me flabbergasted. I'm not fifty-five. I'm not even fifty. Not even close to fifty. I'm real close to kiss my ass. But the guy that I'm thinking of is Traylon Burks, and he's just an example. Mm-hmm. Starting to see a lot of hype on this guy, and I'm not saying that he can't be special. But I'm also starting to listen to the non-Devi, non-Dynasty takes. And everything that I can tell is Traylon Burks is in like the 4-5 range as far as the the non-fantasy space. I'm talking the McShays. I'm talking the Kuypers. I'm talking the guys like that. Still highly thought of. Probably going to land in the back end of round one. But he just feels like that guy, Jerry. Every year the NFL gives us that guy. You know, Corey Davis comes to mind. Um, Cortland Sutton. Last year it was Rashad, Rashad Bateman. That the Devi and the Dynasty community are pumping their tires. But I'm just going to tell you to be – and then last year – and then, then you'll start seeing the guys who game steam. You know, the Trey Sermons. No, and the yeah. guys – a couple of years ago it was Denzel Mims. And the senior bowl will be, will be upon you. I'm not telling you to not be excited because you should be excited. Uh, part of being a dynasty gamer is enjoying the rookie season. Would you agree, Gerald? Absolutely. I mean, I it's love one of the you. staples of the season itself. I would argue that the, the rookie draft work, the rookie content is some of the most rewarding that I think we do here at the Dynasty Warzone. I tend to agree. I, I think over the last four years, you and I have done a lot of good by people. Um, a lot of my misses tonight are not rookie related, so I feel good about that. Um, I, I, have have a little. I have, I have, I have one, one as well. I have one as well, but more often than not, we really help people. I just want to remind people to not get psychologically uh, tied, locked in to a guy. You know, uh, Rashad Bateman is the guy who really hits home for me last year. Now I know he's one it's of a, my head. This is a Jalen Rager conversation, if I've ever heard one. There's another name. It's like. It's okay to like these guys. I think Colin Cowherd says it best. You know, love your family. Like football players. Or he says like sports. But love your family. Like your dynasty players. Don't get so overly emotionally invested just because you like a guy. That that would be my recommendation. It's it's not a, a not really a good person, bad tweet. But I just wanted to share that with people. Jerry, because you see it every year. And then once, and then, but the good thing is, is if you wind up with that guy, 
his value for at least the first one to three years of his career is going to be artificially inflated because there's always this potential that he can. You see it every year, Jer. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think that's probably the biggest reason that we don't. Um, we have have done good as far as rookies are concerned because we're pretty we're pretty skeptical on their early production for the most part. You know, um, even even guys like Justin Jefferson, like like you're going to miss in certain instances. Don't get me wrong, but the problem is, is everybody every single year thinks there's going to be twelve monsters. The entire first round, there's going to there's such good value at ten, eleven, and twelve, and then you look back historically and you see there's not really great value at ten, eleven, and twelve, and so on and so forth. Yes, there are hits throughout, you know the late first, the second, and the third, even, you know, the Terry McLarens of the world and the James Connors and yada, 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 yada. Every year it does not happen. Uh, And every single year the perception and the narrative is that it does happen. And that's sort of, you know, hit the brakes, take a look around, you know, smell the roses, sort of grasp the entire situation. I think that's what we have done very well. Because even though rookie season is getting kicked off in a big way, especially with us, again, I'm doing YouTube content. Dallas is doing a weekly video. Our boys over at the Dynasty War Games just released a show involving rookies. But we've got January, the rest of February, Combine, March, free agency, late April draft. And then in May, you start getting all your rookie content because everything's got a landing spot. So it's, it's a lot going on. So you, and it's it's exciting it's right it's now. It's as long as the season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it, it's an exciting part right now because it's it's new to some people, like myself included. Like I haven't dove tons into it. I don't like to do that because I feel like it creates it puts players on a pedestal, and I don't want to do that. But you know, by the time we hit to March, when we've got three or four, you know, five weeks until the draft, we're gonna be hearing every single name that's ever been mentioned, guy from. You know, Washington Community South, College. You know, I always like it, to say Southwest Directional A and T Oklahoma Agriculture. Yeah, like like Randy's Quad State University. Like you're going to hear everybody's name from everywhere, and and, and you're going to hear the same names over and over and over, and it's going to get beat into you. It becomes it's, an echo chamber. It becomes yeah, an echo absolutely. chamber. I, I I think like you you brought up Traylon Burks earlier, and how you you know the things you've been hearing from outside. The dynasty circles is, you know, not so much him. I think that's the thing is he's part of a part of a echo chamber that is dynasty. So a lot of people say he's great. Dynasty players hear it. They they look at it and they go, oh, shit, he's really good, which he is really good. Don't get me wrong. But then they lump him into that same category and it just spreads, you know, like wildfire. So that's a that's why I like talking to you, Randy, because you listen to other stuff. You listen. You're a gambling man. You listen to the Vegas people, and I do appreciate it because it's an avenue that I don't venture into. So I like to steal that knowledge myself. Well, Jerry, you are not only a thief, but you are a thief of joy. And that little segment was brought to you by our patron, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So me and Jerry, uh, we just squared up all of our patrons. If they got first or second, they got the cash and they, they got taken care of. And it's me and Jerry making sure that you get a beatdown if you join us in a patron. Now, I would say based on the DMs that I've got, patron 13, lucky number 13 will be the first one that we run in February. I'm not doing any startups till post Super Bowl because this is a great time of the year to take a break. But just because your group chat's on a break, does it mean our group chat's on a break? Those guys were going hammer today. Talking about rookies, talking about trades, talking about everything under the sun fantasy related. And if you're looking for a good group and you're looking for some startups and you're looking to, you know, battle me and Jerry. If you think, man, screw these guys, I beat that. (laughs) I beat that ass in a a dynasty league. Come get some. Come join up. Dynasty Warzone, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Come uh, put your dukes up and come get some of uh, me and my man, Jerry. If you want some, come get some, right, Jerry? That's what they say. And, Listen, and, I mean, and you just go ahead. you go you go practice spitting teeth over there in the corner, and I'll come see you in a second if you think you're gonna beat me. You know, you better apologize if you even beat me in a dynasty league in a dream. You better wake up and send me a DM to apologize. But if you think you're good enough, 
and you really just want to hang out with a bunch of great ladies and gentlemen, learn, get better, other avenues. Again, uh, the new Dynasty War Games podcast, patrons. I mean, this was created by them. They started doing the patron by the people podcast. They, you know, worked their asses off, did a great job with that for our patron group on top of the podcast that I do every week for the patron group. They showed dedication. They showed passion. And here they are doing more shows for you. More more than just Dynasty Fantasy Football over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. You hear the testimonials to begin and end the show. Come hang out with us, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Gerald, we, I've, I've tried to stall the inevitable long enough. Last week, we were you know, walking around, patting each other on the back, just having a damn good old time. But now it's time to pay the man. It's time to own up. It's time to fess up where we were not uh, at our sharpest in 2021. I'm going to give you the floor. Who is the first of five guys that you want to fess up on that you just missed on in 2021? It's a big one because I was drafting him very early. Uh, The year before in rookie drafts, I was drafting him even earlier than that. And he has just not put it together. Uh, It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Kansas City, Andy Reid, running back. How many narratives can I say? And it seems like every single running back that is in that damn offense, even today, Jarek McKinnon looking great yesterday. Everybody can do it but Clyde. And it just it, it pisses me off because I got a lot of Clyde. You know, we made a trade, the, the Najee trade. You know, I got Clyde back in that deal. I'm worried. I am I am legitimately worried that he's just he's never going to be more than an 11 touch guy. And if he's an 11 touch guy who doesn't get goal line work, and at the rate they're not passing to him, what is he? You know, it he's sort of getting cast off by a lot of people saying the same things I am. And maybe his value dips low enough that I'm happy that I have him. but it's scary. Like, I, I, I don't know how you feel. Cause I know you were on him a little bit this year too. I don't know if you were on it to the extent that I was on the hype train, but scares the hell out of me. Like, I, I, I don't know what to do with him. I think, you know, if, if I can get out, I think I'm probably getting out as I, I want to believe as rash as that may be. I, I, I want to believe. Uh, I, I, I want to I believe in Clyde Edwards. Uh, I'm trying to pull up some stats on him. I mean, he had, he had uh, several yes. good games. Um, the, the, the injuries continue to be a factor. Yeah. The mixed backfield with him and uh, Daryl Williams. They brought in Derek Gore, now Jarek McKinnon. The problem is I don't think a lot of those guys are really permanent uh, permanent. Obstacles. He averaged twelve. I'm a roundup. Eleven point eight PPR points a game. It's not horrible. I mean, if he were to manage to play an entire season there, he'd be like a top fifteen running back for a season. But that's the problem. He can't stay healthy. And when you can't stay healthy, teams can't count on you. And when teams have playoff aspirations, you're going to lean on. That doesn't mean that Daryl, uh, excuse me, that doesn't mean that Clyde Edwards will never get work. It just means you're always going to have to deal with some sort of a pain in the ass, yes. like Daryl Williams, like Derek Gore, like Jarek McKinnon. You're always going to deal with those guys siphoning off touches because teams are either afraid, A, this guy's going to get hurt, or B, we've never been able to rely on him, so we've got to have a, a rotation of backs. That's my big concern with Clyde Edwards. I agree. I, I, and I think he needs to draw. So if you already have him, you've lost value. Like there, there's no getting around that. It's already happened. But it, in startups in this offseason, I think it depends where he's going to go if he's going to be, you know, worth a damn. Because if you're getting him in the fourth round or the fifth round, I, I don't hate it. Right. Um, if he's going at the late, late third or something, you know, because people are still sort of buying in on Kansas City. I, I can't do it because I feel like he's going to he's a perennial RB 19 type of guy like in and, and that's if he plays 12, 13 games. So I just I don't know. It's it's so tough. I think I'm going to have to see where he's going in startups to, you know, set my tone for what I think his his future is going to be in 2022. But as of right now, that was a miss. And that was a it was a pretty big swing and a miss. I would just tell you if you have Clyde Edwards, forget your acquis- just forget your acquisition yeah. cost. Yes, because if if you sit back and stare 
at what you at what you paid for Clyde Edwards, you're just going to be pissed off. You're going to be mad. You're going to be frustrated. Forget that. You got to tell yourself that if if he's healthy, he's going to be a guy who's going to give you 12 to 14 points a game. And if he gets you, gives you 12 to 14 points a game, like Antonio Gibson did this year, like Corderell Patterson did this year, he's going to be a back-end RB1, and that's fine. So what you're really hoping for is that he can stay healthy, prove his worth in this offense, and recoup your value. But, yeah, I don't think he hit to the level. Uh, I've got to be honest. I, I've got a rookie for you. I've got a guy that I just didn't see it. And I think I'll be right long-term. But in the short term, I think I was dead wrong about Elijah Mitchell. Guy, okay. you know, late round rookie pick. Um, went super duper late. I can actually look at it. So leagues that I have pulled up, the league in question, is what we call the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League. And the reason why I have that one pulled up is that this has a lot of really old school dynasty guys in here. It's got Rich Dotson from the Dynasty Nerds, Tyler Gunther from the Dynasty Happy Hour, Izzy Alcafast from the Dynasty Trade Calculator, John Bauer from the Dynasty Theory, and on and on and on. A lot of awesome Shane Manella from Dynasty Trades HQ, a lot of badass Dynasty owners. So depends on where he went in this draft, will tell you where you know he, he was valued. So I'm trying to look at, at what his acquisition cost was. But, I mean, here's a guy who averaged 13.8 PPR points a game. I absolutely love that. I mean, if he did that all season, just like I mentioned with your boy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jerry, he would be, he would literally be a guy that would be a, a back-end RB1. Great offense in in San Francisco. I mean, you got you know Jimmy G. You don't know if he's coming back. A lot of great weapons. And that's what Debo siphoning off carries. So, Jerry, what were your thoughts on Elijah Mitchell? I mean, that's my dude. I know he's not your dude, so to speak. That's my dude. I, I really think he is going to be the guy going forward. Happy to have him. He's He is absolutely going to be a guy that I have tons of shares of. And, and, and what did you like about him? Because I don't remember him being a, a huge a huge guy that we talked a ton about in the no. offseason. No, we. Uh, I, it was Shane Hallam. He was the the guy that Shane Hallam picked as his, his small school guy. But once he took off, if you can get volume and you can show me that you can get 100 yards rushing and you can do it several times as a rookie in this league, I trust that you're going to be able to do it once you are more experienced, once you're built for the NFL. I, I, I just like him. I, I really do. He is he is going to be a guy that I absolutely have a ton of because the worries are real. Don't get me wrong. The things you're saying, absolutely true. You know, Kyle Shanahan, not exactly known for relying on one guy, ever. Well, and, so. and that, 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 that was one of the reasons why I had trepidation. By the way, he went at the 311 in the rookie draft in the league. He went to Pete Davidson of Rotobon. By the way, Pete won the championship. He beat your, uh, your boy here. So I'm... Uh, not real happy about that, but I mean, 311, it just goes back to what we've always preached here at the DWZ. Draft running backs, trade for wide receivers. Now, I don't love Elijah Mitchell going forward, especially he's going as a top 12 per DLF ADP, January um, mock draft ADP, whatever you want to call it. That's too goddamn high. That's higher than giraffe nuts. That That's crazy because... Uh, I fell for this trap in 2018 with a young man named Matt Breida, who also had issues with injuries. And then, you know, ever since Kyle Shanahan has been in San Francisco, he's never had the same lead or rusher in back-to-back seasons. And you know Debo's not going away. And of that running back pie, and there's a big pie of rushes to go around in in San Francisco. Absolutely. What, per- what percentage of that is Trey Lance going to take next year? So you got Debo. You got... Mitchell, you've got Lance. I mean, you got all these guys. What does it look like for him? So, so those are some of my concerns, but that doesn't make me any less wrong. I can have concerns and I can have trepidation going forward, but I just missed. I, 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 I should have had concerns, him higher. I, 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 I yes, I, I think your concerns are are real, though. I, I think that's that's why he's somebody that I can acquire. Well, let's uh, end it on this: buying or selling. I'm buying. I, and I'm why do you pay him? Help these people out. What are you paying? 202. 202. 
Okay. Yeah. Look at that. So look at that. It was like that one. It's like rock, paper, scissors there. It was one, two, three. I said 201. Jerry said 202. So uh, uh, an early second feels good. Now, is that in a super flex or is that in a one QB? I, I would. I mean, super flex for me, but. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you're going to get him for uh, a late, uh, excuse me, an early second and a one QB. Because yeah, you know, what, what, damn what well, am I going to get? Like the, the fifth running back in this rookie class? No, any any running back you're going to get. Any running back you're going to get there in a one QB, you're going to be reaching. You're going to yeah. be Keyshawn Vaughning to get that guy. Now, Keyshawn Vaughn's a guy we can talk He's about still- here in the not too dear, distant future. But uh, Jerry, you have a second guy. Who is the second guy that you uh, big swing and a miss on? Yeah, uh, I think it's sort of going to be the theme for this show because it's something that I do. You know, I always like the running back that people don't like, uh, and I try and get them at a value and hope it pans out. And that was Miles Sanders. And you know what didn't happen, Randy? Didn't pan out. Uh, yeah. He, he, you know, he, I think he had back-to-back games where he had 100 yards because he actually got some work. Nothing that we have seen in his time suggests that he's going to get the work there. Um, and that's going to continue until he is not a Philadelphia Eagle, and then that does not suggest necessarily that he is going to get the work wherever he goes afterwards. Um, he gets banged up a lot. He's not gotten the workload. Hell, Boston Scott had a ton of touchdowns. Miles Sanders had zero on more carries than Boston Scott had. Now, I had let me ask you oh, this. Can I ask you a question? Could, could he get, like, the Sony Michelle treatment and, like, a change of scenery could do him good? I, I mean, yes, there are a lot yeah. of teams that could use that guy. And, I agree. And, and Phil, I mean, he's a guy that people like yourself missed on. And, Jerry, you're not the only one who did this. As it, as it relates to, 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 to Sanders, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be out kicking the tires a little bit. If I you can give up a mid second, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna offer I, I think, that. Yeah, that's fine. I my other problem with Miles Sanders is like, okay, if he goes somewhere else, I feel like it's gonna be a spot that's like Detroit or Denver or something, somewhere where you have a young Houston. guy. That's oh, already Houston. well. That's like best case scenario, you know, where he where he doesn't have any competition. Atlanta. See, like I don't think anyone actually wants to rely on Miles Sanders. I think they want to just have, you know, he's a good running back. He's like a carry on Johnson plus. Like he's he's just better than him. He just gets hurt a hurt a little bit less. So I think they're going to try and match him up with one of these young stud guys, and that's just going to crush him even more which has me, you know, a mid-second is whatever. Like, that's, I don't give a crap about a mid-second, so I would definitely play that for Miles Sanders. But, yeah, that was a miss. That was a miss. I really thought he was going to take that shot and I was going to get a little value, a little a little resurgence. Come to find out, Sony Michelle was that resurgence. Now, now what if I told you my guy is going to be the same position on the football field and the same division? Okay. And it was Antonio Gibson. That's fair. Now, now, the, man, this is going to sound horrible because this is supposed to be where we're talking about our misses. I'm talking about a guy that still finished as an RB1, but, man, I thought this guy had top five upside. And I, I think it, it took, like, a, a war of attrition around him. Like, they had to lose J.D. McKissick, and they they had to lose, like, other running backs along the way before and late. They were just like, fine, like, screw it. Always kind of nicked up. He had the shin injury. He had the toe thing coming into the season. It was always something. This is a guy that has shown time and time again that he has all the tools to be a top five. Not only a top five, but a monster top five. And that's kind of what I was expecting this year. I was expecting in year two, you know, second year as a pro, he's going to establish himself as the man. I think he's still worth trying to acquire. I mean, I, I would pay in a super flex. I would pay like 108, or, or I don't know that you get him for that, but that's where I'm going to start. I don't feel comfortable paying much more than that. I think uh, I would rather go after one of the rookies coming up than him. I think that's the kind of deal that if if, if you value Antonio Gibson as a, as a dynasty asset, I think the time to go get him is right after free agency, but right before the draft. When people, because this is something that I always advocate for our patrons to do over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone, is start putting names to those draft picks. It's not the 101, it's Brees, 
you know, Hall or Isaiah Spiller or um, Traylon Burks or Drake London or, or whomever, you'll start seeing more mock draft comes out. But th- that's what I'm going to try to make the move on him. I still believe this can be a really good offense. I wanted to say his teammate, Terry McLaren. I'm going to work him into a into a different show later in the season. But I, I almost put Terry on this, too. You know, let, let's venture in. So I'll, I'll give you a minute on Antonio Gibson, but then tell me about Terry as well. It's funny because I almost put Antonio Gibson for the opposite reason on mine. Because I really sort of thought he was going to fall flat on his face. And he didn't. He he actually impressed me. I only have one share of him across all of my leagues, and that is unfortunate. I, I like where he's going, but I see where you're coming from. Because a lot of people loved Antonio Gibson. Like he was, you know, mid-second round startup pick. And he he didn't come through, you know, with that kind of fire in 2021. He still had 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. And that's more than I thought he was going to do. In the receiving game, you know, it was boring for the first, like, 10 weeks of the year. You know, just getting two catches a game, and you knew he could do more. But then we got into the last month or so, and he really started to pick it up. So Antonio Gibson really smells like that guy for me. A little post-hype value that I'm going to be going after a lot more next year. Missed a little bit of time, played injured, still had a 1,000-yard rushing season. I guess I was expecting more than 42 receptions. Yeah, you know, which is I was. I was. I, I think everybody did, though. I, I was thinking maybe he had ten total touchdowns. Again, yeah. he was he was a top ten running back on the season. He you know he had a couple of games where he killed you. He had a stretch from week six through week eight where he just kicked you in the jimmy every yeah. single week. But I was just expecting a little bit more, a little bit more consistency out of this guy. But uh, Jerry, give me give me your third guy. Give me the third guy that you're looking to. Uh, to own up on, to fess up on, that could have been better for you in 2021. See, so this one's weird because it's Jalen Hurts. Like, we both assumed Jalen Hurts was going to be pretty fantasy productive, even if we didn't like it and we thought it was going to be, like, you know, hot sauce to the eye, which it sort of was a lot of the times. But I really, really, truly believed that they were going to lose so many games that there was not going to be a choice but to replace him going forward. And they made the playoffs. Now, granted, my man did not look excellent in his playoff game. And it sort of suggests that, you know, they might need to lean a different direction. I was sort of surprised they didn't go Gardner with the way they were getting absolutely pooped on. But I I I bet you internally, I bet you internally they wanted to go Gardner. But but it it was, they they knew they knew the messaging they're sending to their fans if they had benched him in a playoff game. Yeah. But when that game got to be like 17 to nothing, that was the time. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you, but you brought well, up my boy, right. the mu- it, it, my boy, the mustache. But I am, I am, I sort of believe that he's going to be the starter next year. I think, I think last next year is going to be the year. And if you can't do things, then it's going to be Sayonara Sweetheart. I don't know. Like, I, I, I truly believed that he was going to put up all the fantasy points that he did, and they were going to be a five-win team, and they were going to move on, and that was going to be that, and I was going to be happy that I don't have Jalen Hurts in leagues. Uh, I haven't been one that I trade for trying to win a league. Didn't win the damn league. That's why you don't try and sell out, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, he. what did they win? Nine games? They went... Nine and eight, nine, nine and eight, and they they didn't even really play the last game. He didn't play the last game. Mm-hmm. He was your QB on the full season. This is all eighteen games. Yeah. Uh, you could throw out week eighteen if you wanted to, but no one ever does. It's weird yeah. in the dynasty and fantasy industry. They don't throw out the last week of the season when it doesn't suit they their narrative, the but when it does, they damn sure. I just use I use every game. The guy yeah. averaged twenty point eight points a game. You know who else did? Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers averaged 20.8, and a guy named Patrick Mahomes averaged 21.3. So half a game, excuse me, half a point more per game. The guy did everything. But, you know, here's my concern as a dynasty gamer. Are you ready? Yeah. So you have Jalen Hurts. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie saw that game on Sunday. Now, I'm sure if I know, they know that the Eagles went 1-8 and against teams with a winning record this year. They whooped up on a very bad division. 
Now, they won a few games that maybe I didn't think they would win. Um, they, they hung tough. But if you watch Philadelphia play, what they run is the Oklahoma offense. They, they run um, the guy who went to USC, Lane Kiffin. They run the Lane Kiffin offense for him. And when you get behind by 14 and you get behind by 17, now I know they came back against Carolina. That's not a good team. Tampa Bay is a good team. So I think ownership literally stared in the future and said, we have the, the second best quarterback in this division at best, at best behind Dak. And if Washington makes a move or if Daniel Jones progresses with a new coach and a new OC, you have the third best. Can you win nine games with this with this roster next year? Because next year you're playing a second-place schedule. You're not playing an easy schedule because you stunk last year. So they've got three middle of the pack first. They have the Colts. They have their own, and they have one from Miami. They're all in that 14 to 19 range. Is that enough to go up and get Deshaun Watson? So the one thing I will tell you is that if you are a Hurts fan, you are sitting on half a butt cheek. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, until the season starts. You're sitting on half a butt cheek until Deshaun Watson's on a new roster. But you could also hope as a Deshaun Watson GM that that maybe he's part of a package going away. But I will tell you until the Russell Wilson situation settled, the Deshaun Watson situation settled, and the Aaron Rodgers situation settled, you need to be just uh, – I would be nervous as could be. So I think you could be right and wrong. I think you could be wrong – about how his his short-term dynasty value is, while being right in the fact that he was going to have a good season. Because so that was kind of both of our take. So, But he, he, as of now, will be the starter in 2022. They committed to him in a bad playoff game, so not the, not the worst thing I ever saw. I also have no belief that he's actually the long-term guy. Just throwing that out there, too. So may, maybe in a couple of years, this will be you know uh, the miss that I have. But... Honestly, I think it's if it's next year, I think it's only next year. But you know, we're we're in lockstep, and normally Jerry does not read the show document, which which is. But the last two weeks, this guy's been on it, and you went running back, I went running back, you went rookie, I went rookie, you went quarterback, I'm going quarterback, and this next one stings a little bit because yeah. I don't know what to do. It's Carson Wentz of my Indianapolis Colts. Started off the season fine. He was exactly what I thought he would be on the season. And that's a, a guy that would be a borderline QB1 and, you know, what would have QB1 weeks. And, and that's exactly where he was going and, until all of a sudden, Jerry, I don't know. It, it was like fantasy GMs got exactly what they want. What do you hear on Twitter all the time? Give Jonathan Taylor the ball more. Give John. You know what? They lost a bunch of games down the stretch. They missed the playoffs, and for through the first ten games of the season, through the first through weeks one through ten, Carson Wentz gave you seventeen and a half points or more in your standard ESPN scoring leagues. That's not too shabby. Seventeen and a half a game. You know that's in the, the Russell Wilson territory. That's not too far off of a a mid QB one. But then over the uh, the last, uh, I guess, seven games of the season, as Jerry would say, he pooped his pants. Multiple games under 11 points just looked rough. Um, still finished as a QB 13 on the season. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was durable. The guys behind him, like Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, these guys all missed games, or maybe they would have been closer. So he was exactly kind of what I thought he was. But then to hear Chris Ballard come out at the end of the season and says, like, no one's job safe. Now, now, kind of like Jalen Hurts, Davis Mills, who a guy I was a big proponent of last week, this QB class sucks. Again, I'll be dropping that video tomorrow night on YouTube about my thoughts on this rookie class, and they suck. So I don't think where the Colts are drafting, they're going to get a QB in the mid-second. The free agent class is not very good unless you want to gamble on an equally risky, you know, Jameis Winston, Mitch Trubisky type. So I think Carson Wentz is going to get 2022. I would be looking to sell. You know, if he gets off to a decent start in 2022, look to sell to maybe someone who has an injury issue, is unexpectedly contending, 
And But this one breaks my heart, Jerry. You know what a Wentz believer I was trying to be this time last year when he was about to be traded to the Colts. Yeah, and like you said, it started off good. And then those last like six or seven weeks, it was just like at the, he had the one game against the Patriots. He threw like 50 yards or something like that was that was a brutal one. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to go quarterback, too. Oh, uh, so you have, a, we have two more to go. You have you, another quarterback. Oh, yeah, I do. have another quarterback. The floor is yours. And it's my rookie. And it's your rookie. Trevor Lawrence. Son of a bitch. I mean, how many did he go? Did you see any rookie drafts where he didn't go one on one? Superflex? Yeah. I could pull the yeah, the Superflex. I mean it, it I was one it, of the it was one of the one in every league. So can I give you an example of, of what this is? Go ahead. This happens more in the NBA than it does in the NFL and then and then than it does in you know Dynasty, but this is the um, Greg Oden, Kevin Durant corollary. Now, this was when Greg Oden was coming out of Ohio State. The big man, this is before the three ball is what it is now. But yeah. this was, you know, Greg Oden was the next big thing. He was the next Shaq. He was the next Akeem Olajuwon. He was the next dominant big man in the NFL. I'm excuse me, in the NBA. And Kevin Durant went number two overall. It was one of those things that like the GM, I forget his name, but he was like, you know, if, if you draft Greg Oden and he bust, it was like, but I had to draft Greg Oden. Whereas if you draft Kevin Durant and Greg Oden goes on to be the next Shaq or, you know, Akeem Olajuwon, you're the guy who passed over the next Shaq and Akeem Olajuwon. That's kind of how it was with Trevor Lawrence. If you were drafting a QB with the 101, you kind of had to go Trevor Lawrence. You know, because you didn't want to be the GM. Because if this gets into the, the the mindset of professional GMs and professional sports, it's got to get in the mind of dynasty gamers. So, no, I can't think of a super flex draft where Trevor Lawrence was not the one hundred one. And we've been told for three years it was his time. He was the Saquon yeah. Barkley. He was the Andrew Luck. He was the he was the chosen one. Damn it, he was the chosen one. And he returned the favor by ending the final 10 games of the season, Randy, with four passing touchdowns. Four passing touchdowns in the final 10 games of the season. Can can I tell you something, though? Go ahead. That's four times more receiving touchdowns that Kenny Galladay had. So let that that sink in. It's a callback to last week. It's true. Seven of those 10 games, he had zero. So that's just excellent. That's just helping fantasy teams, right? Thank God for that game against the Colts. It it really boosted, it really put the boost to the end of his his season stats. It it did, actually, which is messed up. But listen, Urban Meyer debacle. You know, you lose DJ Chark early, and he's, you know, I mean, he's DJ Chark, but at least he's a breathing human being of a wide receiver. You know, you lost Travis Etienne. J-Rob got hurt for a bit, too. You know, they don't have tight ends. They, you're relying on Marvin Jones, and that, you know, it, it was a tough situation. Don't get me wrong. And you were drafted, you know, number one. You were on the worst team. You have the number one pick again because you're a – putrid team, even worse than the Detroit Lions. I understand it. And you have to give him time. This is not a, I I don't think, you know, cut the cord, kill the kid. He's done for, but good God, I needed to see more. So I got good news and I got bad news. Go ahead. Shoot. So Mac Jones. Don't be bad. Well, Mac Jones was the rookie QB one on the season. Easily. Trevor Lawrence was the rookie QB two. But here's here's the thing. He scored less points per game than Davis Mills, my buy from last week. He scored less points per game than Zach Wilson. Um, He scored about the same, uh, a little bit less than Justin Fields. But you know what? He's going to get a fresh coat of paint. He's going to get a new head coach. And, you know, I know a lot of people kill Bill O'Brien because all they remember is what they saw in the last year with Houston. Yeah. All Bill O'Brien did was win that division four times out of six years. The full six seasons that he coached, they won the division four times. He went to the AFC Championship game. He he created an offense that made Deshaun Watson a stud 
and made a couple of journeyman quarterbacks usable. He made DeAndre Hopkins a star. So as much as Bill uh, Bill O'Brien was a shitty GM, he was a pretty good football coach. I don't like Trent Baalke. I don't like the toxicity of that that thing. But, you know, you got to give him one more year. Uh, I'm not completely out uh, on him, but – yeah, that, that was tough, Jerry. To I don't think than that horse shit. I don't think that you were in that boat alone, though. No, God, no. Well, that you know, I think it hurts me the most, right? Because I always like punt the first year and make sure you get the one hundred and one and do 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 do. And I ended up with Trevor Lawrence in the years that I did that. And if I didn't have a quarterback, you know, which sucks, especially because a lot of those teams had Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. You know, a lot of my MFL leagues that I'm in with you, I have Deshaun Watson and I had Trevor Lawrence along with another quarterback and I didn't get to really use anybody, which was it was not great. So, you know, we're going to, he's going to get Travis Etienne back, which is great because that's somebody that he's familiar with. He can have easy throws to him and the dude can, you know, make plays, hopefully in the league. You know, he did in college. So let's just hope. Jerry, you know what rhymes with hope? Dope. And, and and that's what I was. I, I thought Mark Andrews was going to be affected, impacted by the addition of Rashad Bateman. You remember that? I said, you know, Rashad Bateman's going to come back. He's going to have a big – they work in the same quadrant of the field was my theory. Jerry, that, that theory did not hold water. No. Mark Andrews was the tight end one. And Travis Kels, you know, did his best to stay close – Travis Kelsey, I've heard it pronounced both ways. He's always Kelsey to me. But he smashed people. Quarterback, loses Lamar Jackson. Did it affect him, Jerry? Not no. one bit. As a matter of fact, around the time he lost you know, Lamar Jackson, he went on his biggest tear of the year, arguably a league winner in, in several spots. So I think a lot of services may have him as the tight end one Overall, what what were your thoughts on Andrews going into the season, and what are your thoughts on him now? Uh, I was a little worried. I honestly, I didn't really think he was going to repeat it. So I'm sort of with you. He was one of those people that I almost put on this list as well. Um, so I wasn't about it. And wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was another one of these. It was arguably my biggest one, but you know what my biggest miss of the year was? I'm just going to go right to my number one. I'm going to get it out of the way, rip the Band-Aid off. Sam Darnold. Yeah. Sam Darnold. Man, he had to it, be on this list for you. Oh, I mean, I have him everywhere. Um, it's not killed my team. I mean, Jerry. Because, no, you know, you, like nobody relies on Sam Darnold. It's not like, thank, thankfully, I get to play Sam Darnold. You just sort of have him. In fairness, you know, he did start off the season. It wasn't like it was horrible. I mean, he was, I think, the Q, through the first five weeks, he was like the QB5. Yeah. And they played some good defense. I mean, could could you have asked for a better start those first three to four games? Mm Mm-mm. I would agree. And when you go back through the first five games, I'm looking right now, he was the QB. 10 overall. His first four games of the season were 19.1, 18.9, 25.3, and 31.5. Then things took a, a precipitous fall, Jerry. I think that's the word I'm going to say. It took a precipitous fall from grace. I don't know what to do with this guy. I, I think he's bound to bound to get replaced. I mean, he did end the season okay. He finished, you know, 29 of 42 for 220 yards, two tutties and an INT, rushed the ball 18 times. But I think it's too little too late. I I, tend to agree. It it, it sucks because the opportunity to trade Sam Darnold was there. But I also liked Sam Darnold, and I liked the thought of that offense paying off. You know, I, I really thought Matt Rowe was going to be a guy and Sam Darnold was just young and just needed to get away from Adam Gase and he's got Christian McCaffrey and he's got DJ Moore and I believed in him and I missed the opportunity to sell high when he was blowing up. So what can you do? 
Well, what you can do is own up and apologize on these yeah. here airwaves for your biggest miss of the year. Jerry, who is your biggest miss of the year? This is one that you will certainly not be saying because he was not a Randy man and he was absolutely a Jerry man. And that is, I got to get his full name, excuse me, DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf. Now, old DK. You know, old DK finished pretty good. You know, this is sort of like your Antonio Gibson stat. He finished pretty well because he had 12 touchdowns. But that was it. I mean, this dude went from 1,300 yards in 16 games last year to 967 in 17 games this year. 17-game season, and you can't get 1,000 yards. Come the F on. I'm going to need more from that from you, buddy. And you're almost certainly losing Russell Wilson. So why am I going to think that it's going to get better for you? It sucks. It is a guy that I had as my dynasty wide receiver too, I believe, going into 2021. And he did okay. Like, if you have DK Metcalf and you survived into the championship week, the Detroit Lions handed you a gift and he scored three touchdowns against them which was very wonderful of the Honolulu Blue and Silver for the few teams that I had in the championship with DK Metcalf. But good God, was it an inconsistent load of poop just over and over and over. And the season started off so magically, right? Like it was was getting targeted tons. And then it was like a seven-week season right as you're like jockeying for the playoffs. And he said – Seventh place for you. He was like Oprah. Seventh place for you. Seventh place for you. Seventh place for you. And that was that. And the the games that he did great in the playoffs, a lot of people were already out because of him. You know. Through through the first through the first eight games of the season, Mr. Metcalf was the wide receiver five. Yeah. He was the wide receiver five. He was averaging 18 points a game. Over the last over the last nine games of the season, he cracked more than 12 PPR points one time. One time. That was against the Honolulu Blue. Coming out of the bye, he had a week nine bye. 5.6, The big 30, 30.9 game, and then 10.8. He was a midland wide receiver three, except for when. And by the way, guess when I guess when I played DK at a championship, it was it was, it was week seventeen, and uh, it, it cost me Patreon eleven. But I'm not bitter. I'm with you, man. To me, part of that was the lack of Russell Wilson. But, but my bigger concern is that uh, not only is Russ not coming back, but Pete Carroll is. So he's going to be the big play guy. He, to me, I I know other dynasty services and you know if other dynasty podcasters hear this, maybe they quote unquote flame me. I don't know how you can take DK Metcalf. I don't. I, I really don't at where he's going as a top five to eight wide receiver. I just can't do it. I'd love to get him as my wide receiver too. That could win me weeks. Right now, the way he, that's ever happening. The, the way that he played down the last nine games of the season. He feels like a bigger, more jack version of another guy that you love in Marquise Brown. Yeah. B- big playability, a guy who's certainly capable of winning you weeks, but he's never going to be that target hog of a Jamar Chase, of a Stephon Diggs, of a Deontay Johnson, even a Mike Evans. Now that could change. The thing, yeah, but the thing is, is like he's consistently been great with the touchdowns, right? So like he's always going to be juicy. He's always going to be drafted high. But if his touchdowns are flipped, like if he's a DJ Moore, like if he has a DJ Moore season and he gets 900 yards and four touchdowns, he's Jacoby Myers. Well, hold on a minute. No, no, no. Like don't. An asset. I'm and not going to let here and listen to you on, on our, not my podcast, our podcast, and listen to you besmirch the good goddamn name of DJ Moore. First of all, DJ Moore's had 1,150 receiving yards three years in a row. You are you are you are correct that he has only had four touchdowns for three years in a row. That is true. Yes, if DK Metcalf had had DJ Moore's, 
you know, four he's touchdowns he's, this year. He's like Jacoby Myers as a as a dynasty ass as a production profile. Well, you you yeah. would then you would then subtract uh, six. No, no, take that take that back. You would subtract eight touchdowns off of his resume, so you would subtract forty eight points. And if you subtract forty eight points off of DK Metcalf's season. He's Jacoby Myers, actually. He's somewhere between Jacoby Myers and Amari Cooper. But those guys, those guys miss games. Yeah. So he's a touchdown dependent, big play dependent wide receiver too. Who's that you losing gotta, that, his elite quarterback? Potentially. But, and you know, and almost. and you got to figure out what's Lockett look like. Is he? I mean. You got to pay wide receiver one top five to seven startup prices for him. Can can I can't pay that? I don't. I'm not going to point the finger at those who do. I just can't. I cannot see myself in a startup in February over at Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone when we're starting Patreon three. I can't look at that button with DK Metcalf on the board in the back end of the second round, top of the third because we play super flex tight end premium. I can't see myself hitting. I can't see myself hitting draft there. I, I can't. I, it, it's tough. That's what you I mean. Want like, to. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not ready to like put a bullet in him and kick him into a ditch because I still think he's an awesome wide receiver and he's a great talent and he can score eight touchdowns, you know, in his sleep. But that's not where I thought DK Metcalf was going to be. I thought DK. I was Metcalf, looking for dominance. I was looking yes. for. I was looking for. Like if he Man. if he had a worse season, you know, if he did if he had twelve hundred yards in seventeen games as opposed to thirteen hundred and sixteen or you know eleven fifty or whatever, he was supposed to be having a Jamar Chase. Yes. I won't go. I won't go as far as to say a Cooper Cup season, but if he had had, you know, he wasn't going to have. But a, if he would have grown, it would have been fifteen sixteen hundred yards. Well, and it regressed. Well, yes, that, that's what I'm saying. He would he would not you know. He could have had the yardage and the touchdowns of a Cooper Cup without having to have that many receptions and targets. Yeah. He could have easily had 1,600 yards receiving and, and 15 touchdowns, but he didn't. And because of that, Jerry, I appreciate you owning it. But we're going to get out of here. We, we've talked about all of our misses. Give us a trade target. You know we do it each and every week. Who are you looking to acquire? Give me a guy. <sighs> you know what? I actually didn't think of a trade target. So what, what do you got? I'll, I'll wing it. Well, Jerry, I, I'm so last week I went Davis Mills. This week I'm I'm looking to get your boy Trevor Lawrence. It's Trevor Lawrence. Um, I feel like I, that that's part that should count as mine because I, I well, uh, I'll, then, you know, I'll, well then I'll let you I'll let you freewheel. I'll, I'll tell you I'll, I'll chip in and then I'll find another one real quick. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go no, ahead. No, I'm, I'm just messing. I'm just being so. Smart. So here's the thing. I, I'm, I, I'm, I got I'm, a guy. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the upside again. He lost midway through the season. He lost his head coach. His head coach was killing him early in the season. He's going to have the draft capital. You know what? If, let me ask you a question. Let me answer a question with a question. You're the new GM of the Jacksonville Shagwars. What's your number one priority walking in the door? Number one priority. I, I have two, but what's yours? Number one priority. Protecting Trevor Lawrence. That would be my number one, and my number two would be to get him some weapons. Yeah. My number two, my number two priority would be to get him um, a wide receiver. And they're, they're in the top five in cap room. I'm going to go out and I'm going to kick tires on all these wide receivers that are going to be up. Juju's out there. Godwin's going to be out there. Um, I, I know I'm Devontae Adams. More than likely, they'll free agent tag. I mean, excuse me, franchise tag him. But there's going to be a lot of wide receivers on the market. That's what I'm going to do. I know a lot of people think they should use that number one overall pick on a pass rusher, and I understand why you would. I, I'm going to be hard-pressed. Cam Robinson going to be a free agent in the offseason. Uh, I think their best tackle, in my opinion. you you got to protect the franchise. I lived through this with Andrew Luck, watching him just get beat to death time after time after time after time. And I know edge rushers are important. But if they get him a couple of decent weapons to augment Visca, and maybe they bring Chart back, and then they draft a guy, they've got the Rams' first round pick. Maybe they can get Traylon Burks, Jerry. I've heard he's good. They could yeah, add I'll him or Drake London if he lasts that long. Those type of guys, and then you could maybe go out and sign a free agent, you know, tight end like a Mike Gesicki. 
You know, these are all things they could do. So I, I think he's going to get better weapons. I think he's going to get better coaching. I think he plays in a division where he'll be able to score points. I don't think the Colts defense is as good as, I mean, obviously he just let, let the shit out of them. You know, the Texans are in his division. Too bad he can't play his own defense. Tennessee's good. They're not great. So for me, I'm, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get, you know, I'm going to go offer, can I give you Zach Wilson and a first? You know, I mean, I think so that's a really, deal. You're somebody, not in on Zach? No, Lord, no. no I'm not either. I'm not either. Lord, I just, no. I, when I look at, <laughs> you know, and, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing my, uh, my rookie prognostications, you know, these quarterbacks, the, the only, the only thing these quarterbacks have going for them in 2022 is that they might fall deep enough to land on good rosters. I would love, I would love a guy like um, uh, Sam Howell to land behind Matt Ryan or um, Kenny um, uh, Pickett to land, to land in Pittsburgh. Cause here's the thing. If he lands in Pittsburgh, he has to start year one because he's replacing big Ben, but at least he has weapons an up and coming offensive line, a good head coach that get, you know, so these are the things that I'm looking at. No, I don't, I don't think I don't have a lot of faith in Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, the GM. So no, I would love, Maybe I try to get a second back or a third. You know how I roll. But who is your guy? Who'd you come up with? Josh Jacobs, Mister Vanilla, right? He is the guy. Not even sprinkles. That no, like he's just someone that everyone's like. Well, I hit that that range. I'll just take Josh Jacobs here, you know, because you you either don't have a running back or you're you know you've waited too long and Josh Jacobs is there. Dude had twelve hundred yards. Dude had like nine touchdowns. I think he only played 15 games or 16 games or something. He definitely missed one or two. Josh Jacobs is that guy. He's still under contract for two more years. And that's if they don't do the fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick. Well, so so he's going into year four. They'll pick up up his his fifth round. I I think they kind of have to. He's not played bad. I I think the amount of money that would guarantee him might be be budget-stretching. But from a fantasy standpoint, I think you're spot on. The guy finished the season again as an RB1. RB8 last year, RB12 this year, missed two games, averaged 15 points a game in the in the 16 games, excuse me, the, the 15 games he did play, had a better points per game average than Corderell Patterson, than Antonio Gibson, than Zeke Elliott. I mean, better than than a lot of guys. I mean, he's right there in a pocket. Has he finished as an RB1 all three years? Two years in no, two years in a row. His first rookie year on a points per game basis, he did. Mm. But he missed like four or five games and finished as the RB like 20. I looked at Josh Jacobs as well. Okay. I was cra- I was crafting up a tweet that I didn't have time to send on Monday. But yeah, yeah, the guy was the guy's from a points per game standpoint. Jerry, this is why you, you're starting to get it. It doesn't matter what his name is. You know what Josh Jacobs has given you consistently three years in a row, in spite of competition with the Kenyon Drakes and the Jalen Richards and the Peyton Barbers and all these guys. Do you know? Well, I see you're shaking your head, (laughs) but the head coaches continue to give those bums work. But do you know what? Do you know what Josh Jacobs has done? Three years in a row, consistently scored between fourteen and a half and fifteen PPR points a game. I don't understand. Do you not like RB ones? What, 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 you know, you know, if if people, if this guy's name was David Montgomery, I don't know about, that, but if his name was AJ Dillon, people would be tripping over each other and cutting in line to trade for him. If he had any, because he was so poo pooed. If his name you know was Tony, I, if it was Tony it, Pollard, oh yeah, oh my god, the the world would be on fire. You know what I think the biggest problem is? Is that he was one hundred and one. You know, he he was the the one hundred and one of that class, and he did he wasn't Christian McCaffrey. He was only been Saquon good. He's, not been great. he's only yeah. been good. He's only been yeah. solid. He's only been Jerry. And, God damn it! There's got to be a place in this world for reliability. Yeah, there is. You know who they are? The mother effers who have the dynasty trophies because they have them on their team and they're winning. It's steak, baby, not sizzle. Everybody chases sizzle, and steak's the one that gets you the money to buy more steak. Okay, so he missed one game. He played 15 games this year. 
How many games did Josh Jacobs have less than 10 PPR points? Obviously, the two that he didn't play, he had zero, no shit, Sherlock. But outside of that, how many did he have? What is One. It? One. He had as many single-digit PPR point games as Kenny Galladay had touchdowns. That's right. Back to that old chestnut. <laughs> but he had games of 17. Down the playoffs, when you're trying to get that fantasy cash, weeks 15, 16, and 17, 12.4, 11.4, 18. If you plugged him in as your RB3, RB2, or flex, he did his job. He got you points. He did not let you down. He did not poop on your head. Uh, there's there's nothing wrong with Josh Jacobs on your roster. There's nothing wrong with the offseason. Now, Jerry, next week, I've got us a guest booked. Um, I never like to name the guest in case something comes up because, you know, basements flood. You know, th- things things happen. I have us a guest lined up, looking forward to it. And it's going to be rookie talk, and we're going to be talking rookie wide receivers, Jerry. Nice. And, Jerry, we so, love so rookie thing, is wide receivers. And in notepad season? It is pen and notepad season. So not only will you get rookie content next week out of Dallas on the rookie rundown, you're going to get rookie content here. And I have no idea what the guys at the Dynasty War Games show are going to cover, and I have no idea what Kyle's going to cover. He could be recapping rookies. It could be rookie, 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 all the time rookies, Jerry. What is? Is there really anything better? Not, shenanigans and rookies? I don't know. I'm, I'm I, 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 I love rookie. I love rookie season. It is. It is the best. It's. It's like the. It's like the payoff. It's. It's the reward you get as a dynasty gamer for making it all the way through the regular season. Because really, when the outside of the trades. And a little bit of waiver wire. When the regular season kicks in, you're just fantasy footballer. Yep. You're setting a lineup. You're making the occasional trade. You're you're having fun. Um, there are guesses in the chat. Yes, David Donaldson. We're going to try to get Ray GQ back on, but it's not Ray GQ next week. But until next week, we will leave you on that cliffhanger. That man's name is Jerry Sinclair. You can follow him on Twitter at Jerry Sin DWZ. You can follow me at DWZ Memphis. You can follow the show at Dynasty Warzone. Remember to check out our buddy Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. That is HVIII.com. I got the pink shorts, pink pastel shorts. Walked uh, onto the gym floor the other day. A guy thought I was wearing my boxers. True story. So if you want to be fashion forward and mess with people's mind. Check out the hate, the HVII.com. Use promo code Memphis. And uh, Jerry, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're looking to do one thing. We are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Actually, we're here for two things. We're here to kick ass, chew bubble gum, and make the world a better place for fantasy football. And we're all out of bubble gum. But until next week, talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye, guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.